The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, the Commercial Appeal Sports Columnist. I'm joined by Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer. We are recording this on Tuesday morning, which means we are two days away from the start of the Memphis basketball exhibition season. The Tigers will take on Christian Brothers Thursday night at FedEx Forum. It will be our, well, be Jason's first chance since the Bahamas to see this team in its. Well, it'll probably be our first chance to see them fully formed because uh, we assume James Wiseman will play, even though he sounds like he was dealing with a little ankle injury, and then Precious, Precious Achua will play, and they didn't play in the Bahamas. Um, so we'll get to that towards the end of the podcast. Let's start here, though, Jason. Yesterday, the preseason AP poll came out. Memphis was ranked number 14 in the country. Uh what did you make of that? Fair, unfair, good spot, bad spot? How did you, uh, what's your reaction to Memphis being number 14 in the preseason AP poll? Well, as as you have, you and others have talked about before, before now, that teams, especially, you know, in recent history, over the last five, ten years, say, teams that come, you know, teams that sign the number one recruiting class in the country typically are ranked much higher than that. Um, so in that way, it's a bit, it's a bit unfair, I guess you would, I don't know if unfair is the right word, but it's, it's certainly not the, the norm that, um, a team that, that has that much success and brings in that much talent, um, finds itself ranked outside the top 10 at the very least. Um, but at the same time, it's not just, you know, everybody wants to, you know, everybody kind of latches on to the fact that this team is so young and unproven, um, inexperienced, whatever you want to say. Um, and it's not just the recruiting class. It's not just the signing class that's unproven. I, I mean, it, you know, I, we've known this, we've known that Ryan Boyce and Jaden Hardaway are both red shirt freshmen. They've never played a game at this, at the division one level. Uh, Lance Thomas is a redshirt sophomore. His only Division One experience came at Louisville two seasons ago, and only played twelve games, I think. Yeah, exactly. So he's got what twelve games of experience two years ago at the Division One level. Um, uh, Alex Lomax and Tyler Harris have one season. I mean, those those two and Isaiah Maurice are the most experienced players on this roster. I mean, Isaiah Maurice has only got one season at the division one level Two, He played at Kansas state his first year. Okay. So two, but that, but that was even, that was a while back, yes. you know, right. That was, it's not like, um, so, so point is the bulk of this roster is brand new, but even the, even the holdovers, the names that are coming back from last season, they don't have a ton of, ton of experience either so it is you know and penny hardaway of course has only got one season under his belt at the division one level and there's a lot of skepticism or you know whatever you want to say about about him um so I, you know i think it's about right yeah i think 14 is fine and if they honestly i think if they beat 
Oregon in that first game and they look good doing it, they're going to move up into the top 10 pretty quickly. Um, Maybe top- not first game. Oh, they play them third game of the year. But yeah. they're, they're going to move into the top 10 pretty quickly. And no, I think it's fine. It's not probably where I would have had them. Um, I would have probably had them a little higher, probably like 9, 10, or 11, something like right, that. Right. that, that um, but 14 seems fine. I mean, it's, you know, it's a preseason ranking. Um, the more egregious ranking was the Ken Palm preseason ratings came out, uh, and Memphis was number 50. And, uh, which was fascinating um, because what was interesting, Ken Pomeroy was on Gary Parrish's show yesterday and sort of explained it. I mean, it's an algorithm. It's so it's not like he decided to put them number 50. Like it's an algorithm based on, and it's an algorithm algorithm that, and in when Ken Pomeroy was explaining it, it made you realize just how unique this Memphis team is. Cause the algorithm, which has been proven to be pretty accurate over the years, um, takes into account a lot of different factors, including your recent history as a program, your returners coming back, um, the recruiting class you have coming in. And, and what what Memphis's number 50 ranking showed there is like this, they're an outlier in, in terms of his algorithm because it's very rare a team that has made the NIT NIT once over the last three years and essentially was, you know, last year I think they've ended up like 70-something in, in Kempom, maybe 60-something, but other than that, the past couple years they'd been in the hundreds. Like teams like that don't, don't land the number one recruiting class, you know? Um, and then the other thing that was fascinating listening to, to Pomeroy explain all this Memphis's number one recruiting class, according to his algorithm, does not necessarily stack up to the past 10, 12 years of number one recruiting classes. He actually said since 2008, this will be rated the number 19 recruiting class all time since 2008. So essentially, in, and so essentially it was, it's one of the worst number one recruiting classes since 2008 not to say it's a bad recruiting class but it's compared to other number one recruiting classes it's weaker and it's because you know like look at last year duke had four five stars what sounds like it's even weaker than some of the number two classes in recent years and maybe even in some cases number three. i mean you when i mean that and that's the thing with ken palm it values top 30 recruits five star recruits and then the other recruits it's it basically the algorithm deter- has determined that jet you know more often than not recruits outside the top 30 don't usually have a big impact as freshmen is kind of what it's deter- is it's sort of ha- i think that's where the number 50 ranking came out of that but what, what ranking system does he use for like top 30 recruits is that espn is that i think he said he uses the no he uses that mbdi i forget i, okay. I think i forget what it's called and i'm not giving the right um the right uh but it's not abbreviation no 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 he's not using like the composite it's something else okay um but basically um I mean, Memphis only has two five stars yeah. in this class, yeah. whereas other number one recruiting classes have four. Right, um, and so uh, that gives you pause a little bit because I mean, let's be honest. Like, 
Now, Memphis may end up being, like I said, I think they are an outlier, and mm-hmm. they may, up, may end up throwing the system in the whack, and I do think there probably needs to be some tweaks based on, you know, like just, yes, Penny did something that is very rare, but it's it's something as uh, an algorithm should probably account for. At the same time, Ken Palm's system has been remarkably accurate, and as Gary Parrish pointed out, um, no team over the last four years that's been ranked 50 or above in the preseason Kempom rankings ever ended up with a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. So um, we'll find out in March now, if they yeah, truly are. Well, and like, I think this team could buck that trend. Right, right, I, right. Like I said, I think this is an outlier. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I really do. Um, if we're talking in data points, if you will, I think this team might be an outlier. Just might just be an outlier. Like it's just. It's very unorthodox and and almost unprecedented how this team came together. And as you pointed out um, in discussion in a discussion that we had uh, previous prior to now, um, Ken Ken Pomeroy has uh, stated plenty of times before that his his system, his rankings, his ratings, whatever they they it takes a month or two for them to really be as accurate. Even as, like till January. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a predictive model based on statistics. Yeah. And there's no statistics yeah. so, to base yeah. this on right now. So no. The yeah. Preseason it, stuff is even the first flawed. month of the season. It's kind it can be a little wonky. Right. Um, a little wacky. If yeah. you will. So I, I guess the, the point being here, let's not, you know, let's not get ready to, uh, chase Mr. Pomeroy down. No. Know. And it will, and, and he made the point like he would, you know, this is like, this is just, this is literally an algorithm, a formula and he inputs the data and it comes up with the rankings. This isn't Ken Pomeroy saying, I think Memphis is the 50th best team. Like he said on, he said with Parrish, like I've, I'd be shocked if Memphis doesn't make the NCAA tournament. You oh, know, yeah, like of course. this is these aren't his personal rankings. This is what his formula came out with. Right, he put it in and it spit it out. So, sort of spinning it ahead, we've got the. Well, uh, I wanted to go oh, over sorry. one other thing with the preseason AP poll. Okay, I thought it was very interesting. Basically, Oregon is number fifteen. Yeah, no other team on Memphis's schedule was ranked in the preseason poll. But they got four teams in the others receiving votes. Mm-hmm. You've got Tennessee, Tennessee, which would be twenty eighth because they got something like eighty seven mm-hmm. points or whatever. Uh, Houston was next with eleven points, okay. so pretty far down the uh, the 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 list there. And then Cincinnati had eight points, and NC State had two points, so they barely got. It sounds like NC State got one vote or something. Yeah. Yeah, no, it and it'll be interesting. And 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 you just look at last year. Um, I mean, Texas Tech was not ranked in the preseason, and were they were the national runner-up, you know? Yeah. Um, and they ended up being Memphis's best game on their schedule. Yeah, I mean, um, and that, that no no better example of how much these preseason rankings mean than that right there. And I think Ole Miss is going to be a solid game too. I, I think do they're too. going to be pretty good. I do too. Um, so no, I just wanted to point that out. It was interesting that uh, with the schedule. So speaking of rankings, the Amway coaches poll. I mean, you know, that one is. So it's not called the Amway coaches poll in college basketball. That's just in football, Jason. Get on brand. Get on the Gannett brand here. It's called the USA Today coaches poll in basketball. How about that? Yeah, learn something new every day. 
I mean, I thought that's what I thought that's what it was. I didn't realize they didn't get they didn't get the basketball one sponsored. Apparently, okay, yeah. okay, all right. So the USA Today coaches poll will drop Thursday. We're recording this Tuesday morning, so it'll drop Thursday. Um, you know, we we saw what the AAC coaches thought of Memphis by you know voting them tied for first place to. Yeah, this will be interesting. No, I know. Coaches, I mean, yeah. and we, we we'll know which coaches are voting. Correct. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. We won't know where they're put. You know exactly where they put Memphis each each individual one, but we'll know who's included in the poll. Yeah. Um, so, I wonder if Penny's in this year. They should call it the USA Today SID poll, but <laughs> he wasn't last year. I know that um, Penny was not part of the group last year that voted. But uh, yeah, I mean we na- we know what the national media thinks. So yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see. Um, how the how the rest of the I'm gonna guess they'll be a little lower. Really? I think so. I think I think coaches are skeptical. I mean that's that's a <clears throat> valid point. Um how much lower? Oh, I think they'll be in the fifteen to twenty range. I don't think it'll be much lower, but I think it'll be I my my gut tells me they'll be a little lower because like coaches just value experience way more, I think, than they maybe than than media does than than I do. See, that's interesting because we're talking about the difference between the USA Today poll and the AP poll uh, in football. Memphis has been typically ranked higher in the US in the in the Amway coaches poll because I think people people have a certain level of respect and just expectation. Like I think Mike Norvell is like a name in the coaching world in college football. For for being like an innovator and an, and an up and comer, Penny Hardaway is a name in the college basketball coaching world, but it's for being polarizing. Well, I there think. does seem to be a bias against Penny Hardaway in that in he's the, polarizing in the coaching fraternity. Well, I think it's I think it's, it's even after a year where he, you know, I mean, he, yeah, I think it's because he's outspoken, and I think it's because he didn't do it the traditional way, right. even though his way, you know, he grinded. For five, six, you know, he grinded for five or six years and probably grinded in places where, that made him more prepared to hit the ground running than if he had co- been like a college assistant, if he had gone to Austin P and then moved his way up to UT Chattanooga and then moved his way up to, you know, whatever, to a power five school, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, right. That's the traditional way. But yeah. I'd argue Penny got the number one recruiting class because he did this in an orthodox way. Um, and I, and I've always felt in college coaching, like I'd way uh, you can hire someone to do your X's and O's and Penny doesn't need to do that. Penny is pretty good with the X's and O's, but you can hire someone to do your X's and O's. Um, if you can recruit, that's more important than anything. And, yeah. and so, but I do think because Penny quote unquote leapfrogged the system, um, in some ways, a lot of hurt feelings out there. I think so. I don't know if jealous is the right word, but I think there are people. And then I think you add on the fact that, like, let's let's be honest. Penny has not acted like I don't think. I don't think. I don't know if I'd call Penny cocky, but he's certainly not humble. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna let you know what he's got. He's straight shooter, what, man. yeah. Like he tells it. He tells you exactly how he feels. And he does not care about hurting feelings, it appears. 
And so it's just so weird. And place. I actually, I think it's a you know, like it's a quality I think that's endeared him to me- to to Memphis fans. Yeah. But you you know that's and, the and good. But you got to take you know, there's going to be some bad that comes with that. And I think part of the bad of it is that there are a lot of college coaches who, while I, I wouldn't say they're jealous, I do think what was already probably some natural skepticism has been heightened by the fact that they're like, well, you know, who is this guy? Right. You know, like, yeah. who does he think he is? Skepticism has turned into bias in, in, I guess in, in, in our estimation. But yeah, it's interesting that his, his attitude and his approach is endearing to the Memphis fan base. It's refreshing to people like us, but it's, it's, it rubs, you know, I'm trying a to think of segment. like a coach who I like a good example of someone who's been like this in another, whether it's a pro league or another college coach who's like been successful, but has also just rubbed the establishment the wrong way. Um, like I keep thinking Lane Kiffin keeps popping into my head. That's a good, that's a good, um, although I think Penny is a little more thoughtful than Lane. Um, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> especially after this past week. Did you see what he, yeah, what yeah. He did this past and he's, week? I mean, Frank, well, We'll see. I, I think Penny's set up to be more successful than Lane Kiffin, too. For sure. he's a yeah. better people person. But that's someone who kind of a successful-ish coach who just rubbed the establishment the wrong way. Certainly yeah. in a, a successful coach as a coordinator. Right. Um, but, yeah, in college basketball, and this, again, goes back. Like, I don't think we've seen anything like Penny Hardaway before in college basketball, really. Well, it's interesting you bring that up. We're starting to now. I mean, to to an extent, with these former NBA players. Yes, but like again, like I don't think I don't. I mean, I guess Juwan Howard just now went out and got yeah. Isaiah Todd, yeah. and that was a big statement recruiting win for him. Um, but again, I don't. He doesn't strike me as the same sort of. He doesn't strike me as having the same sort of outward bravado that Penny does. He may not. Same be with as, Patrick Ewing. Yeah, they may and, not. And both those guys and spent Stackhouse. a long time in the NBA. And Jerry Stackhouse, too. And they may not be quite the lightning rod that Penny Hardaway is, but it is interesting that there seems to be this this bias against Penny, but yet these programs are now sort of going that route, so to speak. And, and, well, I do, think, I do think the results will t- ultimately take care of this. If, Pen- if this sure. team is in the Sweet 16, if, they're th- if they go 28-3 and in the regular season – Win the AAC and go to the sweet, get to the second weekend of the tournament. I think this will, will this will all be not forgotten, but this will all be in the past. I think, I think that's what, I think that's what the skeptics are waiting to see, and I think coaches will have to respect that if without that, question if that happens. I tell you what, you 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 bring up the season record uh, in a. In a, in a hypothetical situation, and it really makes me want to, um, like, put our guesses, our guesswork, our guesses to work here on on a season prediction. But we're not going to do that because we need to see the exhibition games first. I feel like well, I already put my prediction out there in a column. You did, yeah. I said twenty six and five. I read it. You're right. Yeah, twenty six and five. That's what I said. You're not gonna. What I mean, are you think you might change it? If no, I think I'm see? still going to stick with twenty six and five. Mm-hmm. I think. No matter what we see Thursday and next I don't think Monday. anything I see uh, watching them dominate Christian Brothers and Lemoyne Owen is not going to change my mind one way or the other. Uh, frankly, even if they struggle a little bit against Christian Brothers because it's their first game or right. something, like no, 
Um, okay. Now it'll be interesting. It's always interesting with these two exhibition games because Christian brother and I and I like the fact that they're playing Christian Brothers first this year rather than Lemoyne Owen because Christian Brothers plays a style. Well, I mean, maybe it'll change now that they have a new coach at CBU, but they play a style that is basically the opposite of what Penny Hardaway wants to play at Memphis. And so it forces Memphis it 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 puts Memphis occasionally in some uncomfortable situations that I like seeing them in 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 an exhibition game. Ultimately, you know, they're so much more talented right. than them that it's not going to matter. But there may be it'll a be a blowout, is, but yeah. like There'll be some moments where these guys will be forced to do some things that aren't necessarily comfortable for them, and that's what I think these exhibition games are about. Whereas Lemoyne Owen usually plays a similar brand of basketball as what Penny Hardaway wants to play, and frankly, you know, Memphis just has way more talent playing that same system, and it ultimately it ends up being you know not even close. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, I, I am interested just to see this whole team together fully formed Me for too. the first time. Me uh, too. And I think a lot of fans are as well. Yep. Uh, and so, I mean, yeah, that, that you've got the uh, the exhibition against Christian Brothers at 7 o'clock Thursday. You've got the um, exhibition against Lemoyne Owen, which would be Monday, I believe. Tuesday. Tuesday, October Tuesday. 28th uh, at 7 o'clock. So, oh, no, you're right, Monday. You're right. Oh, I didn't realize it was Monday. Yeah. <sighs> that took okay. that caught me off guard a little bit. Right. Um, I thought it was Tuesday as well. Monday, yeah, we get a Monday night exhibition before they open the season on November fifth against South Carolina State at FedEx Forum at seven p.m. Uh, on November fifth. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. the biggest thing I want to you know that I'll I'll be interested to see is exactly what this starting lineup is going to look like. Um, I mean, I I'm not. Do you think what we see as a starting lineup? Thursday night will be I think it's going to we're going to have the same thing that happened last year is going to happen this year. There's going to be a lot of penny experimenting, trying things out as the non-conference season goes along. We'll see several different lineups, starting lineups. And then as we get into conference play, he will settle on one consistent lineup. I think exactly what happened last year is what will happen this year. I think we'll see I think I think we'll see a, a starting lineup where it's, you know, where it's Damian Ball, Boogie Ellis, Lester Quinones, Precious Achua, James Wiseman. I think there's a lineup, starting lineup, where you'll see Lester pulled for DJ. I think there's a lineup where you'll see, you know, Damian, Lester, DJ, Precious, and James. I think there's a lineup where you could see Tyler in there instead of Damian. Like, I think there are. Yeah. Five or six different lineup combinations that I think he might end up trying out as we go through the early portion of this schedule. Yeah, I mean, I could see one where you've got Damian Boogie, uh, Damian Boogie, Lester, Lance, James. I mean, just I don't s- think Precious coming out of the starting lineup, even in the exhibition. I mean, no. just just to see. No. Because no I don't think there's a scenario long term where you can have Precious coming off the bench. Do you think Lance could could spell Lester, spell the three in in some instances? Mm, maybe, but I again I think there's. I mean, 
when you get a number one recruiting class, there were some promises made on the yeah. recruiting trail. I don't think I, I think I think if you're Penny Hardaway, and this gets back to kind of one of the main things for this season in terms of balancing egos and balancing personalities, you have to figure out what are the guys on my roster who I can't who I can bring off the bench and it won't affect their demeanor. Right. And Lance Thomas is a guy. Yeah. You can bring him off the bench and it won't affect his demeanor. Yeah. So, you know? Yeah. So this um, this brings me to like what I feel like is a good closer. Uh it wasn't in this week's mailbag, it was last week's and I somebody asked me who I thought would be the traditional sixth man of this team. Um and I, I had my answer, but I would like to know what your just depends what the starting lineup is. It's whoever doesn't start out of Boogie, Damian, and uh DJ and Lester. Like whoever's not starting that because I, I think it's a given that Precious and James are are gonna start. I think at this point, from what we've heard from the coaching staff, I think it's a safe bet to say Damian's gonna start. The one caveat being Back to my previous point, Damian strikes me as a guy who you can bring off the bench and it won't affect his demeanor and his play. So that that is a caveat to that. Um, so, but it's basically one of, whichever one of those four freshmen isn't in the starting lineup. Really? Yeah, I mean, yes. I, I made a case for Alex Lomax just because of his, his... Again, I think there's been promises made in terms of playing time and, like, they're already, it appears, because of Damien's emergence. Like, I, I can tell you, like, DJ and Boogie did not come here to come off the bench. Yeah. And because of Damien's emergence, one of them might have to. And so if you're not bringing one of those guys first off the bench, like, that's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, but now, are you talking six-man in terms of minutes? Like, in terms of six-man in terms of minutes, like... Yeah, I still think it's gonna. I still I would pick Tyler over Alo because I think Tyler brings something. Like, I think Alo is gonna play, but in and I think he's gonna play more than I think people think. But I still think Tyler, when he's cooking, brings something that is, um, is is just invaluable. Yeah, I mean, when when I hear sixth man, the, the the definition that comes to my mind is is you know, like MVP off the bench, whoever that is. Not not necessarily the first guy off the bench, not necessarily the guy who scores the most, but who's the most valuable gotcha. player coming off the bench. And, I mean, based on what we saw in the Bahamas, nothing against Tyler Harris at all. But Alex Lomax, I mean, he, he's got that leadership. You know, he's got great leadership qualities. He's very, very disruptive on defense. You know he can impact the games. I think the game in in a lot well, and of he doesn't ways. need the ball in his hands. Yeah, exactly. Because um, that's the other thing yeah. with this with lineups that you you have to consider is that you need guys who are going to be effective without the ball in their hands. And I think both him and Damian are both that way. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, they're they're very similar players in that way. So. All right. It will be uh, fascinating to see the lineup combinations uh, during these two exhibition games. Uh, me and Jason will be at both of them. We'll have tons of coverage up at commercialappeal.com. Make sure, by the way, Jason had a great story about um, the barbers behind this Memphis basketball team. I really highly suggest you check it out. It's for subscribers only. If you're not subscribing, why aren't you? Because... It's only $5 for three months right now. And if I'm going to be honest, if if the coverage we provide in sports is not worth $5 over three, mo- three months, I, 
I, I, I just can't imagine it's not because we, we there's a lot. I'm not trying to toot our own horn. It's like five dollars over three months. It's, it's like a buck and a half a month. A month. Roughly. It's like yeah. If we're not worth that, it's just oh. <laughs> um, but make sure you check it out. It's 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 a one of a kind story, and it, and Jason put a lot of work into it, and I think it's reflected in the product. It, it was really good. Um, Thanks, man. But yeah, we will have plenty of coverage uh, of all things Memphis basketball, uh, and we will be back here Tuesday to break down these two exhibition games in podcast form. Uh, Till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. We will see you out at FedEx Forum. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is hosted by Mark Giannato and Jeff Calkins and can be found each week during the regular season at CommercialAppeal.com. You can also subscribe for free to the Tiger Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.